Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. We thank you that you are building your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against your mighty church arising all over the earth. That's the exciting thing. God is building his church through so many people devoted to him, willing to count the cost and, um, I guess, uh, put their money where their mouth is and, uh, and see the house, be the, the house of God, where God can do brilliantly through a region, a city town, and I love God. He's awesome. And uh, if we join with Him, we can be on the right of our life. We can, you know, if if you decide to help build the church, the gates of hell are not going to resist you in living your life, in going forward, in prospering, in being gainfully employed. You're just going to do some serious rocking all the days of your life. If you join with him and build his church, if you just say, no, I can't do that. I'm trying to build my own family. I'm trying to, man, you don't understand. I'm, this is a hard thing I'm trying to do here. But, you know, Bible says there's two houses. There's his house and there's your house. And the Bible says when you build his house, he will build your house. And do you know what? People are getting this and people are being blessed in their lives. And they're having babies and they're, they're getting houses and uh, they're living their life to the ultimate. I mean, it's awesome. But the Bible says if you try and preserve your life, keep your life to yourself, yeah, you, uh, your life actually shrinks. It gets more miserly, stingy, but seemingly, amazingly, the paradox of God's kingdom and this, and, and this amazing life we have in Him is that when we give, we become bigger. We give more smiles away, we get more smiles coming at us. You know what I mean? We give more handshakes away and more friendliness comes at us. But if you start being stingy with your smiles and your handshakes and your love, guess what? People are frowning at you and, you know, they're grimacing at you. No, man, just smile anyway. Even if these people are having a bad hair day, you know, keep smiling. Don't go, oh, gee, I gave a smile away. I didn't get anything back. Well, that's, that's the end of that. I'm not smiling anyone. Keep smiling, keep giving, keep loving, keep worshiping. And as you do, your life becomes bigger and your heart becomes bigger, and your world becomes bigger, and you become a massive influence in the days in which you live. Say amen to that. Amen. God bless you. You can take a seat. Awesome. Well, I'm going to tell the story about C3 Church Tugra. And uh, you can hashtag it too. Hashtag C3. Hashtag C3 Church Tugra. Did I say that right, Matt? Hashtag. So take photos. And uh, if you see something worth taking a photo of, please, hashtag C3 Church Tugger, and we're developing an archive of some great moments in the life of the church. At the end of this, I really hope that, uh, you know, that like the, this morning was outrageous. It was, it was awesome. And you know what? The rains and the floods have never kept us at bay. It's never deterred us from coming to church. 17 years, every Sunday, We've opened the doors to the people of this house, to the general public, and we do it, not religiously, 
but because we're devoted to him, we're faithful to him, and we do it because we know God has asked us to do it. Now, that is devotion. 17 years, and we're going to celebrate that at the end of this service also, 17 years of our life in this region. It's all God. It's God. He, you know. And so let me just tell you a, an amazing Old Testament story of King David, and then I'll, I'll give you a couple of scriptures, and uh, I think it will really bless you. What got into you people, C3 Tugrians? What could we call us? C3Gians, there's C3, C3Ts. What got into you people to believe that you could claim the promise for your life, for your family, but also your church? What got into you? I think it was this. If I had to be really honest and bring it right down, I think it was because of this, a devotion to God. Our affections are set to, they don't fluctuate. Our affection is set to God in our Monday, our Tuesday, our Wednesday, our Thursday, our Friday, our Saturday, our Sunday, our affection is set towards Him. It's an amazing thing. You can actually live like that. You don't have to be swayed by the things of this world. You can live you can live rock steady, rock solid towards God by placing your affections on Him, and it's amazing. David, King David in, okay, so I'm going to paraphrase, sorry, multimedia Jonathan, but I'm going to have to, uh, you're just going to have to keep up with me here. Um, in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, after King David has fought, now David, now a lot of people don't even know who David is. Okay, David, he's a shepherd boy, he's about 17, he has an encounter with God, he kills Goliath with one stone, just runs to this giant, like, like this skinny, ruddy little kid, he's all a 17, he goes to take his brother's lunch up to the army of God, the army of God there, they're being teased by a big giant in the valley, and little David says, what are you guys doing? He's cursing our God. He's mocking our God. You're going you're gonna to take that? Listen, son. You, listen, boy. You just sit there. You know, the big brothers are going to take care of this. Well, the big brothers never did take care of it. Actually, David realized that his God could actually defeat Goliath. He'd already defeated the lion and the bear. Do you know the story? That as David was tending the sheep, that David was able to overcome a bear. I don't know if you've ever seen a bear in a zoo. Put your hand up if you've seen a, a, a bear in a zoo. I mean, I, any creature, I don't care what it is, I'll come across it, and, and I'm not phased. I'm, uh, you know, creatures, spiders, snakes. I mean, I come across two snakes once, bushwalk, and the smaller snake was devouring the bigger black snake. Uh, I was walking up a log once trying to get up this, and I realized there was a big silver-coiled snake staring me in the face before I realized oh my God, I backed down the log. <laughs> I've seen, I've come across creatures in the wild and I'm not really faced, but a bear, I don't know, a bear, I wouldn't like to see a bear. I wouldn't like to come across a bear. David overcame a bear, he overcame a lion. This guy, he knows he's God. God delivered him. He says, I think I can do it. He finds five stones. He puts one stone in his slingshot. He runs down towards the giant. As the giant is cursing him, he says, my God, in the name of my God, in the name of my God, takes the giant out. Nine-foot giant, apparently. I think that could be a story, another little story of us. 
where we believed outrageously in our God that He could overcome all things, especially if we were in Christ, because the Bible does say we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? And so David, he finally accepts his calling. He becomes king. He takes, he, man, he has a lot of battles. There's a lot of blood shed. We don't do that, by the way, in the New Testament. Don't shed blood in the New Testament, all right? <laughs> don't get carried away, uh, young men. And um, he's in a palatial palace now. And uh, he's thinking, well, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the, the presence of God is in a tent and I'm living in this palatial palace. Some, some of us live in nice homes. But he says, it's not right that the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant is in a tent down the road. It ain't right. I, he says to the prophet Nathan, I want to build a house. And Nathan the prophet says, good idea. Nathan the prophet hears from God. God says, no, he's not. His son's going to build it. In fact, I'm going to build it. And in fact, I'm going to build the house of houses, the church, and my son Jesus will build it. And so Pastor Phil gets this mad idea. I'm going to build a house for God, for God's presence in, the, in this region. And then God says, and finally I realize that God is in fact building his own house. Because we can only do so much in building his house. We may be able to pull on resource and build a structure, but it's God who builds the house of his presence, of his power, of his kingdom. The love, the joy, the peace, the power, and the presence of God, and the mercy, and the grace, and all that, that really is the house of God. See, the house is not these four walls. This is keeping us comfortable to receive that which the house has that which God has built in here through prayer, through devotion, through giving. All that is in the house. Now, if we weren't prayerful, if we weren't devoted to Him, and if our affection wasn't set towards Him, this house would be just nothing. There would be no presence, but I can actually feel the presence of God here right now because of people's devotion to Him. So then you go into um, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, and I'm going to read some of this. And then David, at the end of his reign, and he's realizing his son is actually going to build this house. If you want to turn to that, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. So his son Solomon is going to build this house, this temple. And from verse 1, chapter 29, this is the story of C3 Church Tugra. And this is what happened for us. Then King David said to the whole assembly, my son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen. Do you know we've been chosen, each one of us, to be the house of God? We've been chosen to be his church. You've been chosen, sis, to be C3 Church Tugra. If you feel like you're being chosen, I would get with God, sort his heart of where you belong, because there is a place where you belong, my friend where you'll feel comfortable, where your inclusion, you'll become family, not only family, but you'll become an army and a mighty people of God that can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If you feel like you're a shag on the log, if you're on the back paddocks of life, please find that family, that church where you belong. Many people have found their belonging in this church. 
So then King David said to the whole assembly, my son Solomon, the one with whom God has chosen is young and experienced. Julie and I were inexperienced. The task is great. Why is the task great? Because all that goes into the house is beyond the ability for us to conjure up. Amen? The task is beyond us to really build a house. The task is beyond us. We're believing for the presence, number one. We're believing for the love of God, two. We're believing for the, for the grace and the mercy and the kindness and the goodness of God to be in that church. The task is too great for Phil and Julie because this palatial structure is not for man but for the Lord God. This is your house, Lord. This is your house. He knows that. That's why he says, I will build it. You set the parameters up, you set the structure up, yes, but he is going to fill it. And that's why this house is so amazing, because he has filled it. Two, with all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. See, there's, there's a, the, my God. Who can say my God? Who can say my Jesus? This is a personal, this is a personal thing. God is personable to David. Is God personable to you? Is, is, is God that God? God at a distance? Or are you intimately equated with God where you can say, my Lord, my Jesus, my God, my God. It's a beautiful thing when you can, when you can personally say that. I have provided for the temple of my God gold for the gold work, and it goes on, and there's massive amounts of tons, tons of silver, tons of gold, turquoise stones, tons of it he, he starts to give for the building of the temple. Verse 3, besides in my devotion, what's the devotion? That's your heart, your affection set towards God. What's David's affection? It's set towards the Lord. It's set towards God for God to be honored, to have a temple where he can be honored. David's heart is set. The Bible says in the New Testament, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So as you begin to realize what your devotion to God is and what you will give in vision builders and what you do give in tithes and offerings, you realize your heart is set towards God. Where your treasure is, where your finances are, that's where your heart is. If your treasure is in your shoes, in the clothes in you wear, the hamburgers that you eat, and in the things of this world, you're going to be stretched like this. You're going to go, hang on, I want to be a Christian, but you're just going to come apart at the seams. Amen? I want that jacket. It's $120. i got to have it. But my heart is set towards the Lord. i got to give my tithe. But I want that jacket. I want those shoes. Man, God, I want to serve you. I want to give vision builders. But help me. Your heart's got to be aligned to God. Amen? When you make that decision up as a believer, guess what? You're traveling down the road, the freeway of God's love, man. Get on the highway. How's that song go? Julie doesn't know those lyrics. They're they're forbidden. They're rock and roll lyrics. Get out on the highway. Be 
resides in my devotion, my set affection in Him, to the temple of my God. I now give my personal treasure of gold and silver for the temple of God. And it goes on, how much He gives again, it's just ridiculous. Tons and tons of of wealth He gives, billions of dollars probably in our standard. Now, verse 5, now He challenges the people. Who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? That's it right there. There's the decision. That's the decision. We could stop right there and say, who would also devote themselves to the house of the Lord for God to do his ministry? Do you know what? I told a story this morning. I might even tell it again right now. I walked into a certain shopping center. I'm not going to give any clues this time. And as I walked through that shopping center, I think it was Wednesday afternoon, I couldn't believe the brokenness of life that was facing me. Every single person that walked by me seemed to me bankrupt of any sort of healthy life. There was people sick and ailing, and there was people mad and angry. There was people despondent and depressed. There was people just really strung out on the, you know, just just not going anywhere. You could just tell that they're broken down. And I thought to myself, after I got out of that shopping center, I said, my God, this is what we do church for, to release the good news, the gospel, so people may find a real life, so that they can get their gleam back in their eye, so they can get passion back in their heart, so they can live. Everyone deserves passion and purpose. Nobody should be ambling along in life just going, oh, whatever. It's Tuesday. Yeah, whatever. Tuesday. So what? Man, it's Tuesday. Tuesday's a good day. Tuesday's a day to reclaim land the enemy stole, but to take on the promises of God. Tuesday is my day to get my smile back, to get my joy back, to get a job, a better job. Tuesday is my day. And you see people, you see them all the time, don't you? where they've just got no sense of purpose. They're just bumbling along. This is the greatest purpose. This is the greatest passion that you could ever link up to, engage. If you link up to building God's house, to release the gospel message so people can be saved, I'm telling you what, your life will come alive instantly. So it continues. Then the leaders of the families, and it talks about how the people gave, the leaders of that, that kingdom gave firstly, and the leaders of this church have given magnificently. We lead by example, as we have. We expect the others to see that as a real commitment from us, devoted entirely to the cause of this church. And then, of course, it has uh, a major effect on all the peoples in their house, I believe. We've, we've right from the front row, People have sacrificially given to this cause. 17 years old we are, and for 17 years I've seen families, certain families in this church, tenaciously, enduring, sacrificially, willingly, giving for the cause of Christ, and they've been blessed for it. Verse 7, they gave toward the work of the temple of God. And it goes on, how much they gave. Again, ridiculous amounts. Any who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord. Verse 9, the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely 
wholeheartedly to the Lord. I love that. Verse 11, yours, O Lord, is the greatness. Then David says, he actually, we should read that verse 10. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, this is exactly what he's doing, what I'm doing now. He's, he's, he's taking an offering up and he's saying, that's what the leaders have done. That's why we're doing it. Our heart is set. Our affections are set towards the house, towards God and his kingdom. We've given radically. We've given willingly. And the people then rejoiced. Last In the last three years in Vision Builders, we've raised uh, for a single year, financial year, I think uh, 160000 uh, in the last two years. And this year, 170000 We're believing for 180000 after today. Verse 10 says, and you should people, your people should be going, wow, go guys. Even if you don't want to give, please just say, go guys. Go, you good thing. Not, I'm unmoved. Man, these guys are radical. Man, did you hear that? 170,000 have given this year. 012, 013, financial year. And they're believing for 180,000 this year. These guys are crazy. What sort of church you got me coming to? You got a church that is devoted to Him. There's two houses in the Bible there's His house, there's your house. You build His house, He'll build your house. It's a house, but it's our home. It's a house, but it's our home. Welcome to our home. You need love to have a home. You can have a house, but. Verse 11, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power, and I love this, and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Say, is yours. So everything we have is his. He owns the whole shebang. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. 14. But who am I? Who's C3 Tugra? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are aliens and strangers in your sight. And we're all our forefathers. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Oh Lord, oh God, as for all the abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name, it comes from your hand and it all belongs to you. 17. I know, my God, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things have I given you willingly and with honest intent. And now, I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. O oh Lord, God of heaven and Abraham, Isaac and Israel, keep this desire in my heart of your people, of your people forever, and keep their hearts loyal to you. And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commandments, requirements, and decrees, and to do everything to build this palatial structure for which I have provided. Then David said to the whole assembly, praise the Lord your God. So they all praised the Lord and they fell down before the Lord, our King. It's an awesome story. It's a real story. It's a story of God. So we've come here right now to say to the Lord, Lord, in these days, 
we feel like, God, the church is so important to save souls. I was brokenhearted to walk through that shopping center. I'll tell you what, I was grieved, I was shattered. I've worked in juvenile justice system for six years. Juvenile offenders and people that are cranky and disposition for all sorts of stuff, murderers and whatever. But when I walked through that shopping center, every person I walked by needed a miracle. They need Jesus. They don't need a a, a patsy church. They need a church of power, love, and sound mind. They need a church that of people who are devoted to Him that can release miracles. Every person I walked by needed a miracle. People out there need a miracle. They don't need a fancy pants church, chrome-plated, plastic fantastic. They need, they need a church of power, the power of God's love. They need a church that will shoot straight to them and say, you know what? God loves you. God loves you. How can I prove it? Stand right there and just feel the presence of God. And then just pray for them. Lord, let them feel your presence right now. Father in heaven, right now, deluge them with your presence. Deluge them with your love right now. And they're standing there. And they just got this cocky look on their face. Yeah, whatever. And then all of a sudden, hang on, hang on. I had this scripture class once and I was losing control of it. 17 young people in Wyong High School. And I was just doing a Bible study. And all of a sudden, it fell over here, fell over there. And people here are you know, mucking around and that. I said, right, who wants to feel the power of God? Yeah, 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 we're into that, we're into that. I says, right, close your eyes. I said, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, give it your best shot. Close your eyes. They closed their eyes. I said, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, would you release your power of your love in this classroom? And I prayed like that for about a minute. And all of a sudden, oh, one of the girls said, I saw something, a white light. And then another guy said, whoa, what was that? Yeah, whoa, another one said something. The power of God got released in that classroom. All of a sudden, the whole classroom fell over, not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And one kid said, you know what? I felt, the, I felt other things, not good things, in the powers of darkness. I said, yeah, this is the power of God. Do you know how many kids have experienced the powers of darkness supernaturally? You know, one girl said, I, I, when I'm by myself at home and the tap turns on by itself and things move across the table, I said, that's not of God. This is of God, the power of God, the presence of God. You know what? We're living in desperate days. We need this house to raise up a people of God that can lead a revolution of His love. We need this, we need this facility to continue to bring people in, not into a, a house, but a home where they can feel the love of God. The tent was great. All the tent did was prove how we were devoted to God. We didn't let go. Rain, hail, snow. We just kept on turning up. Didn't snow, but we were waiting for it. Go on, dare you. Snow, hail, yes, we did. They're laughing because it did hail once and shattered the whole roof and we had to hold umbrellas up to read our Bibles because it rained. You are living in a determined people's dream to provide a, a home. God is building a house, but this is a home. You are in the crucible of a dream realized because we went for the promise. We believe God wanted to build a church in Tugra, a house of his presence. Would you commit to that end? Would you allow us to open doors for those people to find Jesus? There's so many of them. Young people, whatever you can provide. We have a lot of young people that do give to vision builders. 
So I'm going to ask Jilly maybe to help us understand how we can give. She'll give you some, some of the details. But the last thing I want to say to you, dear God in heaven, it's not equal giving. It's, it's equal sacrifice. It's taken a, a huge sacrifice. We used to set up for five years the church tent in the morning, pack it down in this rain at night to provide you people a home. We stuck it out through two school halls. For, 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 for why? For, for one day to have our own building, our own church where we're sitting in comfortably now. Huge cost. We didn't just go down to the real estate and say, hey, we need a church. Oh, yeah, we just got one on 11 acres. Look at this. What does that look like, dear? How's that look? No, man. Five-year battle with council to get the approval to build this church on this land. You're talking about a tenacious people. We won't back down. We're not backing down. Not for rain. Not for no one. We are building his church because Jesus said, and I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. If you join with him in building this church through vision builders, through tithes and offerings, guess what? You're just going to keep walking through walls. You're going to keep walking through every difficulty of life when you join with his house. You build his house in Haggai, it says, and he will build yours. I pray right now in Jesus' name as your faith comes alive that you realize that you're so privileged to be included in a real church that takes real ground. So Father in heaven, I just pray right now that the, the people of God would just know in their heart of hearts that they're doing this because their affection is towards you to provide the gospel message to so many people, thousands of people through this great church. I thank you, church. I thank you for the ones previous who have given to Vision Builders. I take my hat off to you and I salute you. And in heaven, we can celebrate all the great work we've done for the Lord. If this is your first time through Vision Builders, maybe right now you want to talk to your partner, your, your husband, your wife, and say, hey, I want to give to this. What can we do? You want to start to do that now. Young person, you want to help. You want to. The good thing about Vision Builders, everyone can be included. Everyone. You can, you can apply your, your life, your talent. Maybe you want to serve in the worship team. Maybe you're a musician. Maybe you want to serve somewhere in the life of the church. That's why we played the video. It's all about building the house through serving God, giving to God. Maybe this is your first time you've been really challenged about giving your tithe even. Maybe you've been coming here for a couple of months, a year even, and you still don't believe in giving your tithe. Well, I pray that as of right now that you'd have a shift in your heart towards the Lord. Begin to tithe. But Vision Builders is a year-long commitment. And what I said this morning with Nehemiah, who rebuilt the Jerusalem walls in 52 days, a supernatural heroic effort. But after 26 days, they pulled up short and the God's people became tired, lost vision. And Nehemiah got out in front of those people and said, guys, we need to regroup. Right, shake it off. Shake all that stuff off. We're going to go again. And Nehemiah gave him vision. He gave him vision. He gave him strength. And he stood up and said, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to finish it. And they did in 52 days. You need fresh vision. Why do you come to church? The vision of seeing other people blessed. You are remarkably blessed to be saved. You need to understand that. I'm going to take you down to that shopping center if you don't believe it. I'm going to do a tour. 
through the shopping center. And we're going to say, look at that person there. You see, you reckon they need Jesus? Oh, my God, they need Jesus. What about this person? Oh, my God, they really need Jesus. What about that person? Oh, my God, they need a miracle. Oh, help me. Do you know what I'm saying? You are blessed. I'm looking at beautiful people at the moment. We just want to build a house for you, dear God, that you can do your bidding, that you can do your work in retrieving lost humanity from darkness, that you can retrieve people from the depravity of life, sickness and despondency of life, depression of life. We want to retrieve people and see them dignified as living human beings. Lord Jesus, help us build your church and let your people be committed to that end also. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.